0: I've been thinking about, uh, really, what I want to talk about today for, I feel like, a long time. Um, And and really, the the, the thing that's on my heart to share came from a lot of conversations with people that are dating or that are hoping to date. And so, you know, one of the the results of being a pastor at Hillsborough Village, surrounded by college campuses, I get to be surrounded by a lot of single people that are dating or trying to date. And there's there's a conversation that I hear happening more and more. Now, I may just be like old and outdated, so maybe this is true, but I do feel like I'm hearing this theme. I don't know if you've ever heard someone recap like a first date and go, man, he was great. He's got a good job, loves the Lord, but I just, I wasn't feeling it. Or man, she was awesome. She makes six figures, loved the Lord, super funny, really understanding, but I just wasn't feeling like I'd never heard that been said. But have you ever heard someone just kind of be like, I just wasn't quite feeling it. All right. And that makes sense because early on, that's important, paying attention to how it feels to be with that significant other. But Something I've noticed is that I'm seeing relationships that are six months old, a year old, two years old, and they're they're not engaged, they're not getting married yet, because there's this constant, I'm not sure if I'm like feeling all the right ways. And I've just seen like the the emotions are sort of in the the driver's seat. And there's there's almost this like daily need to be wooed into relationship, to constantly be longing to be swept off of your feet. So when when that's happening, you know, the, the relationship's great. Hey, no, you hang up first. You hang up first. No, you hang up. I love you. I love you, right? It's all good. It's, those conversations never happen. I don't know what I'm saying right now. But, <laughs> but but when the emotions are high, the relationship's good. But when the emotions are low and there's doubt, whatever, the, it's just the turmoil and, and the ups and the downs are just so present. But what we all have come to learn, whether in friendship or dating relationships, is, man, love is like at its strongest when we're choosing it, right? When, when we're not waiting to be wooed or swept off of our feet, but we're saying, hey, through the ups and the downs, like you'll hear this in wedding vows, I'm gonna love you, right, through thick and thin. And whether you relate to that or not, hopefully some of you are like, preach, like I need that guy to realize what a catch I am, like this thing works, right? <laughs> but no matter if you relate to that or not, I've been thinking about this this like, this like aspect of of longing to to constantly be wooed into love. And I've been thinking about that with my own walk with God. So like in 2020, just paying attention to like the spiritual temperature of my heart. Because I can think about uh, past stories where I was really like wooed into the presence of God, like just swept off my feet involuntarily. So I can think about when I was 11 years old, I was at a place called Carowinds, which is basically a Six Flags in Charlotte, North Carolina. Shout out to anyone who knew what Carowinds was before I explained. Okay, so they had this amphitheater at Carowinds and a lot of Christian artists would go there. I don't think it was a Christian theme park. Maybe it was, I don't know, but anyway. uh, I remember at one point Michael W. Smith came to this amphitheater. So literally picture 11-year-old me, behind me is a roller coaster, and in front of me is Michael W. Smith on the piano. And I'm just like listening to him, and he's singing the song, maybe you've heard it. It's like, let it rain. Open the flood, stop laughing, offset, it's not funny. (laughs) Lady rain, open the floodgates of heaven. Okay, that's not how it sounds, but those are the correct lyrics, okay? Um, And like that Australian guy comes out and reads a psalm, he's like, the Lord reigns, and mine sounds kind of British, but whenever an Australian person reads scripture, you're just convinced the Holy Spirit is talking. Like you're like, whoa, 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 God is talking, everyone be quiet, right? He's reading this psalm, singing this music, And I remember even at 11 years old, probably walking into that amphitheater, wanting to be riding a roller coaster. But I remember Michael W. Smith leading the song, and I just got lost in worship. I mean, at 11 years old, I'm just like crying and seeing the Lord, like, Lord, seriously, please open the floodgates of heaven. Like, we need you. I'm just worshiping, just swept off my feet. Or I think about baptism gatherings. If you've ever been to an Ethos baptism gathering at the cannery, I'm just convinced. You can walk into that space with an apathetic heart. I've done that before. But if you're anywhere near the front and you're seeing friends and family watch their loved ones get in the water, tears in their eyes, choosing to dedicate their life to Jesus, I mean, you can't help it. I'm just convinced. Like I've walked in there with a cold heart and left going, God, there is more to life. Whew, you're amazing. Like what I just saw is different. And so what I felt like was exposed in my 2020 so far was that I may have accidentally started to rely on that strategy of being environment, being in environments that sweep me off my feet, which are very powerful and completely from the Lord. But in 2020, during quarantine, those environments are extremely limited, if not non-existent, right? Like we're no longer like being able to go to spaces where hundreds of people are singing the praises of the Lord and we're watching people be baptized and we get to just hug and, and cry and just sing at the top of our lungs. Like that's not as available as it used to be. And what I felt like God was like cultivating in my heart was He needs His people for their hearts to be postured in a way where we're no longer waiting to be wooed, but we're willing. Hearts that are not wooed, but willing to step into His presence. Those moments that I look back on with nostalgia and like just sweet memories, I feel like God was saying, hey, do you know that that is available to you right now? Like, that my presence hasn't gone anywhere. Like, nothing's, cha- nothing's been shaken. I'm still right here. And, and there's this invitation for the people of God not to be waiting patiently. God, I'm just waiting for you to show up somehow. But he's going, I'm already here. This is the story of 1 John. Like, hey, you love me, not because it was your idea and you're really smart, although you may be, but because I loved you first, right? Like, my presence is available to you Not not because you've earned it, but because I want to be with you. And so the presence of God, the power of worship is waiting for you. It is available right here, right now. You do not need a baptism gathering, although we can't wait till that gets back, but you don't need it. You don't need a Michael W. Smith Let It Rain concert at a theme park. That was really epic, but you don't need it. Like the presence of God is available right now if we'll only choose to step into it and worship his name. And I think This is what Paul is getting at in in this uh, letter to the Philippians. So I'm gonna be reading out of Philippians 4, 4 through 7. This is a really powerful word where Paul says, rejoice, or maybe you could use the word like delight. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, before we dig too far into this, you know, we've had a tough year. 2020 has been crazy. And so it's easy to to read these verses and for them to feel like trite words. uh, Rejoice, rejoice always. Like there's a whole lot to rejoice about. But before we just assume that Paul was in like Cabo San Lucas, drinking a virgin mojito, writing these letters, watching a beautiful sunset, going, hey guys, take it easy, everything's great. (laughs) We need to understand where Paul was writing from, okay? (laughs) Paul is currently, as he's writing this letter, as he's penning these words, he is in prison. You talk about quarantine that he didn't ask for. He's preaching the gospel, he's arrested, he's in chains. He's leading worship gatherings from his prison cell. And he's going, guys, I have discovered something. There is a gift. When you are in a hard situation, when there is, is trauma, when there is pain, rejoice. Like, be with God. Delight in his presence. Pray in prayer and supplication. Like, let him know what's on your heart, but do it with thanksgiving. And he has found something. He has, he's like, guys, I can't even explain it. So, all I'm going to do is paraphrase it surpasses understanding. There is a peace that is yours to take hold of if you will just get lost in the presence of God, worshiping his name, bringing your prayers and the things on your heart before him, but all of that rooted in thanksgiving. Paul in prison has discovered something that I believe is readily available for you right now. And this started stirring in my heart because really because of how my year has been. I want to recap 2020, at least for me. I know that we can all probably... Relate on some level. 2020 has had its despair, and I think about you know in March that the tornado hits Nashville. It was hard, um, and then literally the the next Sunday, uh, COVID hit. We couldn't meet. We haven't met since in person. That's been really hard. Our nation has been going through so much turmoil. You can't hop on your phone to any news outlet or any social media without being reminded of the pain and the heartbreak and the sin of our culture and the, and the injustice and all of that. And then I think about on a personal level, if you've been, if you are familiar with who I am, about seven weeks ago, my wife was in a really significant car accident and had a couple of emergency surgeries on her stomach, on her spine, and fractured her pelvis, all these things, and she's okay now. But it was really scary. And you just talk about like, whew, what do I say to God right now? Because I had this pattern of like sitting before the Lord, and I've preached this at Hillsborough Village many times. When you're in front of God, when you're talking to the Lord, you can be honest and open. But here's what I found i had a whole lot to be honest about (laughs) like i had a global pandemic which what even is that sentence mean right like that's actually happening Uh, our nation's broken our city's broken Uh, my wife is, is like just getting out of the icu and i'm in my backyard and here's how my prayer went god i don't know amen i'll talk to you later i love you i really do love you but i don't know what to say right now and i remember i went and sat with leah she was laying down in bed and i was like babe like usually my answer is to get in the backyard to talk out loud to the Lord, and to figure this stuff out with Him. But I don't know what to say. It's hard. I really don't know what to talk about right now. I mean, I've got like a million things, but they're all so nuanced and complex and full of heartache. I don't know what to do. And she, in the sweetest way, went, hey, what if you just worshiped Him? Like, what if you didn't go to prayer and try to problem solve? What if you just worshiped Him? And I was like, babe, that is not good advice. <laughs> Must be the drugs talking, you know what I mean? Uh, no, but it wasn't, it was, really, it was, it was deep wisdom. And so." She, she was like, what if you just worshiped? What if you got into the presence of God? And instead of trying to, to figure out who you are, you just remembered who he was. I was like, okay, all right. And it just so happened her mom was coming to visit that weekend to help take care of her. And, and they went out to dinner and I said, actually, can I, can I hold back? And I'd love to actually get alone and, and take my wife's advice and just worship the Lord. And so I went to a, an undisclosed location. It's sort of in public, but it's kind of tucked away, surrounded by trees. It's at Belmont. All right, it's at Belmont University. So it's a little hideaway, but I I can't get any more specific than that. I brought my headphones, brought a pen and paper, brought a Bible. And for really just about an hour, I just started worshiping. Just singing to the Lord. I was listening to a song by Chandler Moore in Maverick City. You're going to hear it after communion. It's, It's this wonderful worship song. And I'm just like over and over again just singing the praises of the Lord. And as I'm worshiping, thoughts about COVID would pop up. And I'm like, not right now. That's all I literally think about. That's all I think about. Not right now. I'm just going to worship God. Thoughts about Leah and our future and and her injuries would creep up. No, not right now. I'm just going to worship you, Lord. All those things, we're aware that that's on my heart my mind. But right now, I'm just going to worship. And I'll tell you, something so sweet happened is I just stayed there, worshiping the Lord, declaring his praise. And I left there so rejuvenated so full of life, and I wanna walk us through something I'm really, I just wanna invite you into this week. So sometime this week, I want you to get alone with God for an hour or two hours, I want you to worship, and I just wanna talk us through some things that I think you can do in your time of worship that will help encourage your heart and dwell with the Father to rejoice in the Lord. So here's three things that, that I've experienced, and this is a thing that I've relearned over and over again, and none of this is a formula. I'm not promising that you're about to get alone and just have the most amazing, epic revival worship but I do think that a life of of repeated worship with the Lord will lead to just a healed heart. And so anyway, let's talk about some of these things. So the first thing that I did when I got into the presence of God was write what Paul said, I rejoiced. So when you get alone into the presence of the Lord, I would just encourage you to worship your face off. I mean, literally, you just worship and you declare how good God is and you don't stop. You remember the places where you've seen Him in your life. You name the things, just as many things as you're thankful for, and you praise His name for that. If you're not the person that likes to sing out loud because it's kind of awkward, maybe choose a psalm that just praises the name of the Lord and read it out loud. Or, or write God a love letter, literally tell Him why you love Him, and then read it to Him. I know this might sound awkward, but keep pressing in. Keep going. Give yourself plenty of space for a long period of time to rejoice in the Lord, to worship him. And as I worship God at this spot at Belmont, as I sang his praise, what I noticed, it just became more and more clear how beautiful and brilliant and big God is. He's mighty, he's holy. And something really cool happened as I began to like really consider how amazing he is. He began to gently take me from rejoicing to repenting. He started to expose some of the areas in my heart that didn't reflect this beautiful, beautiful image that he's given me, that I made in his image. And he goes, hey, there's some areas in your life that I need to take away from your heart. I need you to give them up to me because I'm trying to give you life. And so as I worship him, there was this really cool moment where I went, oh my goodness, God, as I'm worshiping you, I'm realizing I've been so selfish, just bad, like not good. And it was before COVID, so I can't blame it on the global pandemic, like it's been happening. And it was just so sweet as I felt God untangling my heart. I was like, oh God, I'm sorry. And sometimes repenting comes through like heavy tears, like ugly cry, like God, I'm really sorry. But this one was really sweet because I felt joy. I felt like he was like, hey, this thing you're doing, it's sinful, but it's keeping you from like true joy that I've, I, I intend for you to live in. So I was like, I'm so sorry, God, I'm sorry, take it from me. I wanna look like you. And I. I went from rejoicing to repenting. And then at the end of it, man, I felt so rejuvenated. Like as I just worshiped the Lord, I felt my shoulders relaxing, my chest puffing out, like my confidence coming back. Like, oh my goodness, despite the global, despite the national, despite my city, despite my wife, like we're gonna be all right. Like there's a lot of heartache, we're gonna make it. You know, I just realized that God is like that friend that anytime you pay him a compliment, they always compliment you right back. And you're like, stop. I'm trying to be nice to you. Stop being nice back. And, they, and their compliment is like more specific and more tailor fit for you. And you're like, well, my compliment was terrible. You probably felt insulted. You know, like you ever have a friend like that? It's like you get them a gift, they give you a better gift. You're like, please stop doing this, right? But God is so like this. This is so in his character that as we sing his praise, as we worship his name, man, he's a generous God. That as we lift up our praises, as we sacrifice the things in our life, as we repent of sin, He brings us back rejuvenation, peace that surpasses all understanding. I believe we are made as creatures of worship and there is such a gift available if we will get alone in a secret place and worship our Heavenly Father. You were made to give up your life for the Lord. You were made for it, to let go of all your desires, to let Him have have the steering wheel, for him to be in the driver's seat, you were made for it. We come alive when we submit our lives to God in worship. Now, I don't know how many of you are like comfortable with the thought of getting alone and worshiping. This may be a brand new idea for some of you. And so I don't want to leave you with that like practical handles. I realized for me, you know, I've been discipled for like my whole life and people have taught me and given me handles for how to like handle seasons of despair. And so I knew kind of intuitively, oh, I need to get alone and worship the Lord with the counsel of my wife, right? But if you're like going, I don't know how to do this, I don't know where to start, I want to walk us through a few things that I think might help you. The first, you need grace for yourself, okay? Because I'm gonna be honest, the first time I tried to sing out loud by myself, I felt like an idiot, okay? I felt pretty awkward, my voice is terrible. And so it took grace and to keep going, to be persistent. So as you're singing out loud or talking out loud or writing things down or reading the Word, and you're like, man, I just feel like I'm, I'm butting my head up against the wall, have grace for yourself keep going, this is a blessing waiting for you. I promise you that. So have grace for yourself. Um, a few things uh, that I think will help you. Um, first, I wanna talk about some things that you need to leave behind. Um, in this season of, of quarantine, you have some daily habits, just the daily minutia of life, and you're gonna to need to disrupt those habits. So there are demands and there are distractions that have consumed your mind. Some of you, your jobs have actually went up in workload, or they've just changed in a way that's like been really taxing on your mind. You know, some of you have kids, and you need to make an agreement with your spouse. Hey, will you watch these maniacs while I go to the backyard by myself for a couple hours in worship, and worship, then I'll trade with you tomorrow? But whatever it is, I would just encourage you to leave behind some of the demands and the distractions that are in your life. Put your phone on airplane mode, like pre-save a worship playlist or a podcast, whatever would engage you in worship, so you can truly be alone with the Lord. Have you ever been with a friend who has an Apple Watch? that apparently got that so they wouldn't be as distracted by their phone, but in the middle of talking to you, they'll check their Apple Watch because they get a notification. That's never happened to me. Yes, it has. I don't like it. So that's just like, in that moment, that presence is interrupted. And so I just want to encourage you, when you get along with God, don't let any distraction have its way. Be fully focused on the Lord, fully present with your Heavenly Father. He is fully focused and present with you. So leave those things behind And then some things that you can do that I think will be helpful to you as you seek to just get alone and worship the Lord. First, I would encourage you to go somewhere peaceful, quiet, free of like noise and distraction if you can. This can be a park or a backyard or or a nice hidden place at Belmont University, but it can also just be your car in a parking lot that's not very busy. I've done that too. So whatever space where you can be comfortable being yourself before the Lord, I'd go there. Think of that place. Secondly, bring a pen and paper with you I've just seen that as I've worshiped the Lord he's like flooded me with like words and ideas scriptures and also pen and paper can be such a good warm-up to worship so if you're like I don't know how to start start by writing down 100 things you're thankful for or 10 things or 50 things and walk through each thing and just tell God thank you you're the provider of all good things and so I can thank you this is from you that's a great warm-up into worship um, third have a worship playlist ready? Uh, pre-downloaded. I think that's helpful. Um, Or instrumental music. I know some people like worship music isn't quite their vibe when they're alone with the Lord. And so whatever it takes, if it's just silence, but just be prepared. um, uh, I guess uh, auditor, what's the audio word? I don't know it either. Anyway, be prepared for what you're going to put in your ears. All right. Um, All right. Sonically, yes. Uh, Number four, uh, bring your Bible. You know, shocker, like read, meditate on the, on the word, Maybe even write down Scripture verses that are speaking to your heart, or read them out loud, speak them out loud. Number five, I would be prepared to sing or talk out loud. I know I've referenced that many times already, but I just think there's something special about speaking out loud or singing out loud. It focuses your mind. To me, it makes it more personal. Obviously, you want to do whatever makes you comfortable, um, but I would encourage you to at least try talking out loud to the Lord and singing praise to Him. Man, that has meant so much to my life. Last thing, praise the name of the Lord. That is why you're going into this. You're not going into this with some agenda. I'm going into the presence of God in order to get something. You're going only to praise and worship the Lord, to cast your affections on Him. Make this time about God and God alone. Now, as we wrap up this conversation, I want to speak to something. Who you think God is and how you think God is viewing you in this moment of your life is going to really impact how your worship looks. So if you see God as like holding this like holy clipboard and you walk into the room and he goes, it's been six months, where you been? What's been going on? You know, like if that's how you see God, like he's like like watching your time, paying attention to how good and eloquent your prayer is, how awesome your worship is, my guess is that just won't be that great of an experience. But if you see God for who he truly is, like your heavenly father, who knit you together on purpose in your mother's womb, who sees you at your heights, he sees you at your depths and he says, I, I love you more than you could ever love yourself. I love you more than the person you think loves you the most on earth, I love you more. If you understand that's your heavenly father, that he longs for you to be in his presence, that he longs to give you life and life abundantly. Now, I imagine that would impact how your worship is. So this week, once you've put it in your calendar, which you should do that before we wrap up, once you've scheduled your time of worship, when you choose to enter into the presence of God that's in you and around you, you choose to just acknowledge that He's here, you are acknowledging the presence of your Heavenly Father who loves you so much. And to wrap us up, this whole conversation has been under that umbrella that's found in 1 John, that we love Him because He loved us first. We are saying, I love you too. Go get you some I love you too this week. Get along with God and go, God, for the next hour, I'm gonna find a lot of creative ways to tell you, I love you too. So as we go to communion, and we take the cup, and we take the bread, we hold these as symbols that God made the first move, that God loved us first, That God became flesh, that's the bread, right? Jesus, God in the flesh, knows what it is to be human, body broken for us. We take the cup, his blood spilled for us, his perfect blood, sinless blood spilled for us that we could have access to a perfect God and be called a child of the Most High. So as we take communion, absorb in the fact, absorb in the reality that God has first said, I love you. And then out of that, sometime this week, create a special time to get away with God and say, I love you too. I love you too. Let's pray. God, thank you for the power of worship. Thank you, Lord, for worship is all about you. We worship to just tell you how amazing you are. God, so I don't even wanna pray in a way that goes, thanks for the blessing that we get in worship, but I also just acknowledge you do bless us. You bless us so much as we worship your name. It's so obvious you've made us to do it. And so Father, by the Holy Spirit, send our church out this week All the people that just clicked the link for the first time today, they don't even know who Ethos is, send them out this week to worship you, Lord. Give them courage and boldness to sing your praises, Lord, to say, I love you too. Thank you for loving us first. We love you. We lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen.